Jesus, we celebrate your greatness this morning. We think on how you overcame death, hell, and the grave, and that you sit enthroned, seated at the right hand of your Father, ruling and reigning over the universe. Great are you, Lord. You're worthy of our worship. You're worthy of the song from our heart. You're worthy of the attention of our mind. You're worthy of our gaze looking on you, seeing you in majesty. You're worthy of our delight, our joy. You're worthy of our obedience. You're worthy. And we're here for you. Jesus, would you lead us by your great hand this morning? Would you reveal more of who you are? Would you show us what you're like? And would you allow us to see you in new and fresh ways today? We ask these things in the mighty, mighty, mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Before you're seated, find somebody and say, I promise you it's spring. And then kids, you guys can go back to your class. What's up, everybody? It is um, it's good to be here. Brought the flowers just to remember it's spring. Uh, it is spring. I, I want to just uh, welcome everybody here. It's great to have you. Great to be with you. Lots of familiar faces, lots of new faces. We're honored to have all of you. We love, love, love uh, getting a chance to come together on Sunday to, for everyone to have that opportunity to push the pause button and say, God, our life is about you. And we know and we understand here that you de- we derive all of life. And when I say life, not just breath, although God is the gracious giver of breath, but not only do we receive life that way, but we have life, joy, peace, all of it. It comes from one source. It comes from Jesus. And that's why we're here to, uh, to continue to worship and lift him up and recognize him in that. So we just want to do that. I want to welcome all of you that happen to be new. If you're new with us this morning, maybe this is your first time here. We're honored to have you. Uh, you'll find in the chair back in front of you is a connection card. 
Uh, if you're new and you're willing to, grab that connection card and you could fill it out. Then after our service here, uh, in this foyer back over here, we have a welcome table. And we'll have someone there just to connect with you briefly. And they want to be able to uh, give you a, a small gift, just a way of trying to communicate. We're really honored to have you with us. It means a lot. We know it takes a lot of courage to come to a new church on a Sunday morning. And so we just want to be able to bless you that way. So you can fill that card out. And then after the service, go right back there. And we'd love to just um, connect with you briefly there. Um, today is food truck Sunday. Uh, and so we're here. It's, it's entirely possible you're not here for the message, but you're here for the tacos. And that's cool too, uh, because Jesus created tacos. Um, and so uh, we are uh, at the end of our time together here. Uh, we're going to have a, a taco food truck uh, outside, also a snow cone food truck, because listen, it's not cold enough. Okay. <laughs> So we are going to have snow cones. And the beauty is, is uh, if you love snow cones, you really don't care what temperature it is outside. So um, we're going to have a great opportunity. We're going to hang out together. I, want, I do want to encourage you just to take the opportunity to get to know new people. We have so many new people coming and being a part of what God is doing here at New River. And so I'm looking forward to getting to know uh, many more of you. And so we're thankful for that time. So at the end of this time, we'll give you a little few more instructions right at the end of that. But we wanted to let you know about that. We're going to continue worshiping Jesus by just saying, God, we trust you in every way and certainly through the resource that you have granted to us. We do that through tithes and offerings. It's a way of just being able to say, God, uh, we know that you're the king and source of all of our lives. And so our ushers are going to come forward. They're going to uh, take, uh, receive the Lord's tithes and offerings. And so uh, what's going to happen is our guys are going to pass a basket. Pass, you're going to get a basket. You grab it, put it, uh, take that basket and pass it on uh, to the person next uh, to you. If you're new this morning, you don't need to feel any heavy obligation whatsoever with uh, that. That We do this as a convenience for our people to make their declaration of worship to the Lord and to be able to help uh, uh, accomplish what God has called us to, help us to be able to, as a church, accomplish the mission vision he's given to us here at this church. So, uh, uh, Joey, you guys can go ahead and come forward to pass those out uh, this morning. Just uh, uh, really a couple of things besides uh, our food truck this morning. We do want to remind you that next Sunday is... Is our, our, our next membership class. If you're just wondering, like, how, what is my next step to be able to connect with what God is doing here? We'd love for you just to come be a part of our membership class. So you can come to our membership class and not become a member. But what we do at that class is we give you an opportunity to learn about who we are as a church. You get to understand more about what we're doing, where we're going, uh, how we are led, what we believe, all of those things that are critical to becoming a part of a church family or jumping into the life of a church family, we cover. And while we're doing that, we feed you lunch. So we'll do that at the end of the service. Uh, next, uh, next week, next Sunday, April 7th. And so if you haven't had a chance to come to that class, we would love for you to come. And if you're interested in joining or becoming a part of this church family, you can come uh, and you can, uh, you can jump in at the end and have a conversation with one of our church leaders. But if you're not, you can you're, feel free to, to be able to go. But we'll have lunch there. If you are coming, let us know. You can email mary at newriverfellowship.com. Very simple, mary at newriverfellowship.com. Uh, email her, let her know you're coming. If you've got kiddos, we'll, take, we'll be taking care of your kiddos as well. We'll have uh, child care for kids uh, during that time uh, as well. So we'll have lunch, kids, and an awesome uh, class opportunity for you to learn about uh, our church. If you will, uh, uh, you came in, you were given a worship guide, grab that worship guide. On the back of the worship guide, there is a set of notes. If you like filling out notes because God wired you really tightly and you love to fill in blanks and stuff, then that's awesome. <laughs> 
Uh, some of you are free thinkers, and having to fill in blanks in church feels like a drudgery. And you know what? There's just freedom for that too. So either way, if you want to fill in, you can jump along with us. Uh, if you will, go ahead and grab a Bible. Everyone needs a Bible underneath the chair in front of you. If you didn't come with a Bible, there should be one close to you under the chair in front of you. Grab that Bible. You're going to be in John chapter 15. John chapter 15. Go ahead and grab uh, a Bible. We want everyone to be able to go there so you can see the word of God for yourself as um, we seek to communicate it. Uh, This morning, starting a brand new message series called I Am. We'll get into that in here in just a little bit. I'm going to pray for us. And I'm looking forward to just being able to enjoy uh, this, this content from the Word of God over the next uh, several weeks. So let's pray and ask for God's presence here. Father, our heart cry is to know you and to know who we are because of you. And the best declaration of that is Jesus. Jesus shows us who you are, and Jesus shows us who we are. And so we want to see him over these next four weeks. I want to see him and know him. I'm asking that you would take your word, your words of life, Jesus, your own words, and that you would open them up to us and you'd open our hearts and you would open our minds so we could see you and treasure you and walk with you. That's our heart cry. That's what we're asking for. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Okay, so I'm going to ask uh, you a question. I want you to think about this. If I told you that you only had one more opportunity to sit down with your closest family and friends, and you had one final conversation, what would you say to your friends and family? What would be the things that you would want to communicate. If you only had one, this is your last opportunity. You're not going to be able to see them again. This is the final conversation you're going to have before you go. What, would, what are the things that you would talk about? What are the things that you would want to say to them? What are the things that you would want to communicate with them? What are the things that you would, would be on your heart to say? And I know what you're thinking. That's a pastor. That's a really deep question for 10 o'clock in the morning. That's the content of what we see in the scripture in John chapter 13, 
all the way through John chapter 17. From 13 to 17, what we have is essentially the final recorded conversation of Jesus with his closest friends, his followers, disciples. And what we often know or what we've been told or if you've grown up in church called the Last Supper. This is the final moment, hours, moments and hours before Jesus Christ is going to go to the cross. And it's in this conversation, John chapter 13 through 17, there are two of seven statements Jesus makes where he says, I am. So what we're going to do over the next few weeks is we're going to explore some of these statements where Jesus says, I am. Am, and he begins to show us who he is. These are his own words. And as you can imagine, as we've been told, there are many things that are said about Jesus. There are many things said uh, uh, concerning who he was or people's thoughts about him. So we're exploring over the next few weeks these moments where Jesus says, this is actually who I am. It's in John chapter 15 this morning that we're going to take kind of a deeper look at this. Now, this is important. I want to say this is a really, really important thing because when someone comes in front of you and says, this is who I am, it has significant meaning for not only who they are, but it has meaning for you as well. Because all of a sudden, then you have to think about who you are in light of what that person is saying. Let me give you a for instance. Uh, when, uh, when we first found out that uh, we were pregnant with our first child, we were so excited, a little bit surprised, but we were very excited. In fact, um, I found out uh, I had gone out to go and, and pick up Rosa's, which is like a fast food Mexican restaurant. I brought it back for my wife. Uh, and then I came back and I had a, a, a bag of essentially tacos, which it's funny. We're having tacos today. So just Jesus brings things full circle. But anyway, so, <clears throat> so I had a bag of tacos and I had come back to the house. My wife was looking at me really, really strange. And uh, she told me, um, she was like trying to play cool, but she was really being really, really weird. And then she told me um, that she was pregnant, to which I dropped the tacos. And so we had kind of like a taco mess that evening. We didn't really have tacos, but uh, we went on this journey, and then we find out that my wife is going to have a little boy. And so then you start the conversation about, okay, well, what are we going to name our, our boy that's coming. And we just, uh, the, the Lord puts things in our heart. We have, uh, there's lots of, we have, we see, and I'd say my wife especially sees lots of meaning and names and things. And so we, we felt like the Lord had said his name would be Luke. That was going to be his name. We love the author, Luke, <clears throat> from the scripture and uh, what he was, physician, and bringer, his na that name means bringer of light. It was very, very important to us. Very important to us that that, that, was, that was his name, that he would be a bringer of light. But what was really, really cool is that while my son was in the womb, I could come up to my wife at any point in time and say, Luke, I am your father. <laughs> and I said it over and over and over and over again. And you, I, you can ask my wife, she would roll her eyes all the time, but I just felt like this intrinsic thing to say. So I said, I am your father. It was, uh, and, like, and I just kept declaring it. It was awesome. And not so much in the creepy Darth Vader-y way, but like, I really, really love you. And I am your father. But the, I, if you'll think about actually that statement, I want you to think about this. How important for Luke is it when I say, I am your father? 
See, I'm not just defining who I am. When I say I am your father, I'm declaring something completely and utterly about him, who he is, what he gets in in being related to me as his father. So when I say I am, it isn't just about me. It's actually about him. This is what Jesus is doing. We have seven statements throughout the book of John, two here in this, uh, this last conversation where Jesus says, I am. And the reason we're studying it is because it means so much about who he is, but it means so much about what it means for us. It absolutely defines our lives. It defines how we're meant to live. It defines who we are. That's why these statements are important. If you look at John chapter 15, I'm going to point you to verse 5. Look at what Jesus says. John 15, 5, I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. NIV says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If a man remains in me and I remain in him, he will bear much fruit. So you have this picture, Jesus laying out this picture of who he is, and he gives us this amazing word picture because we all can visualize this. And certainly, if you grew up in Tennessee where the vines are rampant, right, where growth happens all the time. Again, if you don't know me, we're from West Texas, and just really nothing grows out there, just weeds. Weeds grow and cotton, and that's it. But you hear... Everybody understands this picture. There is a a vine that comes up, and out of that vine come branches all over. And Jesus is giving us, giving every human a picture of seeing what is going on. He says, I am the vine, and you are the branches. And if you remain in me, if you remain connected in with me, and I in you, then here's what's going to happen. You will bear much fruit. Now, what hangs on this statement is this chasm between a life of emotional and spiritual fulfillment and a life that counts for nothing. Now, listen, that feels like a weighty thing to say, but I want us to explore what Jesus is saying because Jesus is making a distinction here, and he's saying this. Listen, if you'll remain in me, if you remain connected to me, you're going to bear fruit. There's going to be things that come out from in you that are life. But if you don't, hear this, then you can do, Jesus makes a pretty radical statement, nothing, nothing. That feels, that feels like a weighty statement when Jesus makes this statement. But I want you to think about this for a moment. Written into the code of every human, you can be a total atheist sitting in this room right now. What is written into the DNA of every human being is that every one of us was made to build. We were made to create. 
We were made to repair. We were made to restore. Every one of us is in us. We want to have meaning. We want to be able to put our hands to something. We want to be able to put our minds to something. And there's hundreds and maybe even thousands and thousands of arenas where we want to be able to have meaning. We want to see even in our relationships, experience in our relationships, we want to have our personality resonate as we interact with other people. We want to find that we have, that we mean something when we interact with someone else. We want to create, we want to do, we want to build, we want to be able to put our mind to something. All of that is in every human being. We want emotions of love and joy and peace to flood our senses, every one of us. This is what it means to flourish. Every one of us wants to flourish as a human. And Jesus gives this word picture here about bearing much fruit. What he's saying is, listen, if you'll stay and remain connected into me, you will flourish. The very thing that's in you to want to do, the thing that's written into the code, the thing deep inside of you, this is what you do. Galatians, the book of Galatians expresses it this way. It says this, that the fruit of the spirit of God is love and joy and peace. Now, I could have tacos with every one of you after this service, and I'm going to try. And if I sat down and you and I clinked our tacos together, that's kind of weird. I don't even know why I said that. That's really gross. All right, let's, let's keep our tacos separate, okay? But if you and I sat down and we had our taco conversation, then I came in and I said, hey, do you want to experience total unconditional love? And do you want to have joy in your life and peace? Not one of you would go, no, that's not for me. Give me stress and strife. You know, like no, nobody's asking for that. Nobody. You want kindness, patience, and gentleness, self-control, you want all those kinds of things. This is the fruit. These are the things that come out of being connected to or relating to God. And he's saying, listen, the very things, the, the deepest things that you really long for in this life come from this place. But apart, you won't have any of it. In fact, in verse 1, if you back up and you're looking right there in your Bible in verse 1, he actually says, listen, I am the true vine. I'm the true vine, meaning this. There are vines that we can all be connected to that are false and will not bring fruit. There are things that every person in here, we go and connect, we can go and connect ourselves to, but it's not going to bring actual real life. One of the most normal things that I've, I find, I've, I've had this conversation I don't, more, two, more than three dozen times, I'll be talking with people, and here's what I'll hear them say. Man, uh, growing up, I just didn't have, we didn't have anything. We were barely making it. I saw my parents struggling. And we couldn't get by. And so I resolved that I was, my kids would not experience that. And so they won't, they won't go the way that I did. And what I find, what, what, what they find is they've given themselves over 
connected themselves into a vine of being able to be sure they produce the fruit for their kid, meaning I'm going to work as hard as I can to be able to make sure that my kids don't have to struggle with the same things I do. And listen, I love the idea. Thank God for being able to provide for families. It's not what I'm talking about. But when we make the vine fear, I'm afraid of not having my kids or my family not having or, or, or struggling the way that we struggle. And fear becomes the basis for which and how we live and how we think. Guess what? You connect into a vine of fear. I don't care whether it's trying to take care of your family, something that's very good. I don't care if the issue is having healthy relationships, whatever it is. If you're afraid of being alone, you saw a parent that was alone or and you, saw, and you made that decision based on fear, let me tell you what happens when you're connected into that. It destroys. There are all kinds of false vines we can all be connected to. And, and it can often eat away at us. It happens over and over and over and over again. If I can attain this level in the company, then that is the fruit. Or if I can get this social status at my school, then that is the fruit. Or if I can look this certain way, if my body can look like this, then that is the fruit that I'm going for. If I can get the right person to respond to my Instagram post, then that is the real fruit. And the truth is, is we know that all of that is empty because it only lasts for a moment, right? We've been there. If that's the fruit that we try to produce ourselves, what happens in that moment when the thing goes away or we don't have that thing or the relationship doesn't work or the Instagram post isn't looked at or the technology that we want or the, 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 the promotion that we get, but there's like six more promotions we wish we could have. It's just never enough. When we go to try to produce the fruit, what we find is these are false vines, and listen, I'm, I, I'm, I thank God for all of those things. In fact, it's great that we can communicate with the outside world. It's great that we can share our lives with other people. Listen, there's nothing inherently wrong with any one of those things. But the problem is, is there's no life in the vine, that vine. It's a false vine. That's what Jesus is saying. Listen, I am the true vine. And I love it. In fact, he, he makes actually another, he makes this other statement. Listen. If you don't remain in me, if you choose a life that's separated or disconnected from the vine, then you can do nothing. Now listen, clearly, Jesus is not talking about accomplishing tasks, right? People do stuff all the time. Hey, we go to work and we go on vacations and we build, you know, tree houses for kids. We can do tasks. This is not what Jesus is talking about. When he says, apart from me, you can do nothing, he's not talking about doing things, what he's saying is you can do nothing of worth that means something to the soul, that means something to that thing that resonates inside of us. Uh, Psalm 127, verse 1, this verse was in a frame on my dad's like work credenza in our house. I remember this verse and I remember reading it when I was a kid and not totally understanding it. Because I would read it and go say, unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. And I'm just going, listen. I mean, I'm a kid. I'm thinking, all right, does God build houses? Because I feel like it's just the construction workers 
with the drywall. I just feel like that that's... So I don't, I don't know that I fully understand what's going on. I, I, I had a, the hardest time as a kid trying to get my mind around this. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. So what does this, this scripture actually mean? It, this scripture is actually not talking about the, the physical house. It can be guys, construction workers who are going to go and a house is going to be built. Here's what he's saying. Listen, there's something deeper. There's something that goes down to the, the, the elemental place in the soul. And that's this. Listen, all the things that we could give our hearts and lives to that can be built, if it's apart from Jesus, it's empty. It doesn't bring life. All the building of our homes or businesses or marriages or whatever it is that we want to build. Everything that can be built, everything that we could try to produce on our own fruit in a, from a false vine. What Jesus is honestly humbly trying to say is, listen, you can do, you can build all these things, but unless God is the one that's forming this and, and presenting this, unless the one, God is the one speaking into this and giving meaning to it, then it's all ultimately empty. That's what it means. I have this, um, I've had, you know, this, if you will, beautiful vine. I'm, I'm honestly struck by the beauty of this area. Is this, and almost all of us are transplants. There's like four of you that are from Nashville. Everybody else is from somewhere else, okay? <laughs> And so, and again, I'm from West Texas, which is essentially the desert. So the white and the pink around here are crazy. It's, it's unbelievable. The beauty that is going on here. This, this makes sense to me because Jesus says, says, I'm the vine and you are the, the branches. And that if you'll remain in me, you'll bear much fruit. Here's actually what he's saying. Listen, if, if you remain, remain in me, you have beauty and magnificence and worth that you don't even know. If you'll remain connected then you have the opportunity to flourish, to find life. But apart from me, and I'm gonna be honest with you, it hurt my soul to rip this off of a tree this morning. <laughs> you know why? Because this thing is gonna die. These flowers are going to fall off. And I'd almost wanna cry even thinking about it, <laughs> how beautiful this thing is. There's no opportunity for flourishing. There is no opportunity for this branch any longer to be able to come to leaves. It's not going to nourish any part of the world around us. No bee or whatever animal wants to come up to this thing is ever going to be able to enjoy this. And here's what I'm so struck by. Jesus is so radically in love with his people 
that he's willing to say, listen, here's the secret. There's so many vines you could be connected to. Would you, if you'll remain in me, you have a chance to flourish. All the peace and joy and life and kindness, everything that you want to experience in this life, it'll happen if you'll remain in me. If you'll come, if you'll plug into me, you don't make decisions. I'm gonna put it back in the water just so we can keep it as long as possible by the grace of God. I'm going to give life to you. But if that branch doesn't stay connected, it's going to die. This is his heart for us, for him to say this. Listen, I think sometimes when we read the word, how we read it is this. Listen, if you don't, I'm going to punish you. If you don't, and here's what he's saying. That, that's not the tone of the scripture. He's not saying you better be connected to me because if you don't, you're going to die. That's, I'm just, that's not the tone. Unfortunately, I think the tone often we see in scripture, here's the tone. Remain in me. And you have a chance for flourishing. If you come apart from me, you won't flourish. He says, my father's a gardener and he's gonna be faithful to prune you and it won't feel good and it won't feel fun. And can we just be honest about this picture? That branch a month ago was a stick. There's nothing on it. And we all have these moments. Listen to me. The reality is we're all going to have these moments in our lives where it feels like we're not bearing any fruit. There's nothing going on. Our life is a mess. All of our relationships are upside down. Things are not going right at work. We can't seem to get along with our friends at school. It feels weighty. We're struggling with some stuff internally. We're struggling with depression or anxiety. We're wrestling through disappointments or friends that backstab us or whatever it is that we all walk through in life. Those moments are going to happen and we're going to feel like we're not bearing fruit. And Jesus is so faithfully and so kindly. He just saying, listen, if you remain connected to me, I promise you in the winter season, don't worry, spring is coming. Because here's the promise. Listen, if you remain in me, you will bear fruit. That's the beauty here. Here's the promise. It isn't if you remain in me, you might be okay. No, no, no. Jesus is making an ironclad promise. Stay connected with me and you will bear fruit. And there might be a winter season where you feel like a stick, but beauty is coming. Remain in me. Stay connected to me. It's a powerful thing. And here's what happens. If we'll remain in him, he promises to finish his work. And when he does, guess what? Other people get to enjoy. In fact, one of the incredible results of bearing fruit is that everyone else gets to enjoy it. And you can throw that up on the screen. One of the incredible fruits, well, one of the incredible results of actually bearing fruit is this. People get to enjoy it. How many of you have eaten a piece of fruit over the last week? 
Just raise your hand real high if you've eaten a piece of fruit. All the people that didn't are like, yeah, maybe we need to talk on some diet stuff, right? No, it's like, okay, right. One of the great things about you and me bearing fruit is guess what? We get to be life to someone else. Somebody else gets to enjoy. Somebody else gets to feel the benefit. Meaning this, what Jesus is actually saying is, listen, you'll bear fruit. If you have, if you bear the fruit of peace in you, guess what? You become a peace giver. If you have the fruit of joy from being connected to Jesus, guess what? You become a joy giver. If you get to bear the fruit of the love of Jesus, you get to give love away. It's what, it's what happens when we follow Jesus. This is what it means to remain in him. Everybody else gets to delight in it. It's what Jesus does in our lives. He doesn't just come and show us himself. He gives himself to us to be given away. And that's the beauty of it. And so here's the question, and we gotta finish up. What time is it? Okay, we're closing down here. A couple minutes. Here's the question. How do I remain connected to Jesus? How do I do it? Great question. I'm so glad you asked. All right. John chapter 15, verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. You want to know how we remain connected to Jesus? Then you and I have to freshly receive the amazing, unending, indescribable love of God. Let me tell you right now, if, you, if you're asking the core question, if you had one thing that you could do to actually remain in Jesus, remain connected in him as the vine and the branch, there is nothing greater than sitting before the Lord and to receive the fresh love of God over our lives, Period. To sit and just to, to, to simply, I mean, what I mean by that is I mean, whatever you, open up the Bible, open up the word, find the psalm, find the truth, find John, and say, listen, I am radically loved by God, and I'm not, I'm, I'm not moving from this, this, I'm not moving from this place until I get it fresh in my soul. Simply what Jesus says, listen, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you, therefore abide in my love. Basically, what Jesus is saying is that same thing. I remain connected to the Father, and I receive the love of the Father, and now I'm a love giver, and I'm taking it in. You want to know how to walk connected to Jesus? It starts with saying, God, I'm staying. I'm, I'm sitting under the fresh powerful washing of your love for my life. Your radical love, it overcomes everything. You're struggling with sin, get under that place. You're strug- if you're struggling with something, an area of weakness in your life, an area of sin, an area of maybe of disobedience, places that you, you don't know how to deal with, just sit under the fresh kindness 
of Jesus and his love for you. And I promise you, he'll begin to wash you. He'll begin to do his faithful work in you. Secondly, trust what God is asking you to do is for your good and then do it. Trust. John chapter 15, verse 10, very next verse. If you keep my commandments... You will abide. You will remain in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I, I absolutely love the way that uh, Francis Chan, uh, he illustrates this, this point because uh, he gives a picture. He says, listen, uh, God asking us to do something is kind of like a parent asking a kid to do something. It's like when a, a parent asks a kid to clean his room, all right, the kid say, hey, kid, go clean your room, okay? The kid goes, comes back, and you ask the question, kid, hey, did you clean your room? And he says, well, I totally memorized what you said about cleaning the room. I memorized it. I went to what you said, and I totally memorized it, okay? You feel where I'm going on this, right? Okay, well, that's great that you memorized what I said to you, but did you actually clean your room? Did you clean your room? Well, I got it tattooed like right here in my arm in Hebrew. <laughs> what you told me, I totally, I tattooed it right here. Awesome, awesome. But did you clean your room? Well, actually, I got four friends together and we went to a coffee shop and we talked about how we could clean the room. And we studied the words clean in Greek and it's cleanio, <laughs> which means to clean in haste and clean with much fortitude. Yeah, but did you clean your room? Well, oh, well, listen, we went to this conference and we talked about what it meant to clean the room. And then somebody told us how to clean the room more efficiently and effectively. Good, but did you clean your room? Did you clean the room? There are just some here. There are just some things. I'm going to say this would be this, this rubber meets the road moment. There are some things God's actually asking you to do. And you know, it's, it's clear in his word. There's some things he's asking of you, just saying, hey, trust me in this. I know this feels scary. It might even feel risky. It might even feel weird or outside of the box for you. But I want you to trust me in something. I want you to obey. And here's what Jesus said. Listen, if you'll obey my commands, you'll remain in me. We have enough. It's one thing to talk about. It's another thing where the Lord's asking you to do something. He's asking me to do something. It's time to step out and say, yes, yes, sir. I want to obey. You want to know how to be connected? You get under the fact that he is so radically, powerfully, because of the work of the cross, radically in love with you. And he's asking you, and what, listen to this, whatever he is asking you to do, it is for your good. It's going to be life-giving. It might be uncomfortable, but it's going to be life-giving. And this is what he does. Lastly, you got to surround yourself with friends who will walk through the fire with you. And then you got to be that friend too. Look at, I want you just to read what it says. These Jesus' own words, John chapter 15, verse 12. This is my command. So you know what's What's your commands? Now, look, look what he says. This is my commandment, 
that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. This is the call. So you want to remain connected to Jesus where life, power, goodness come in and out of you? You got to find the people that are going on that same journey and hold on to them and walk with them. People that are willing to go through the fire with you. People that you look at that person, you go, I know you're a mess, but I'm willing to go through the fire with you too. We talk about how important relationships here are all the time. We love coming here on Sundays. We talk about our small groups, being a part of a group of people that you're getting to know. Do you know your small group people perfectly? No, but are you getting to know people that are going on that same journey that you're willing to lay your life down for someone that you've found that's willing to go to the nth degree with you, investing in those kind of relationships? This is what Jesus is saying. Listen, if you want to remain connected to me, if you want to remain in the vine, find people that are going there. We're going to the end. I'm so thankful for friends. I mean, think about Jeremy Curls and the 100,000 conversations we've had just in the year and a half, year that we've been here and how life-giving and how important they are, how meaningful those conversations are, picking each other up on hard days, challenging each other forward. We've got to have that. You want to remain connected. This is what God wants to do. Church, you have a, we, we have a gracious God who's giving us words of life, and he says, I am. I am the vine, and you're the branches. If you'll remain in me, it means everything. You want to have life, you want to have beauty come out of you. Let's remain connected to him. Will you guys stand with me? I'm going to, I'm going to close this out here. you will just just we're going to take two minutes and we're going to be done we're going to go get tacos okay close your eyes we're going to do these three things real quick jesus we just come before you right now we're 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 locking out everything else all the other distractions and the first thing we're going to do is we are going to believe the truth of your word that says you will never leave us and you'll never forsake us. God, right now, may we believe in the radical love that you have for us displayed on the cross. Now, just right where you're at, it's easy to believe the corporate love of God. And I'm thankful for the corporate love of God, but right now, I just want you to receive the word of the Lord. I love you, my son. I love you, daughter. I'm for you. I'm not against you. There are things going on in your life that you don't understand. But I love you. I'll never leave you. I'm for you. Just ask him, Lord, may I receive the fresh love of Jesus? Lord, we're asking right now 
that we would know your love for us. Would you be faithful to reveal it and show it to us today? I ask God right now that you would help us to say yes to you. So many things that you want to do in our, and accomplish in our lives. Would you help us trust even where you're at? Would you say, God, help me to obey. Help me to trust you. Because of the great love with which you have loved me. Help me to honor you, love you, trust you, say yes to you. Would you put a spirit of obedience in us? We want to remain connected to you. We know you have the words of life. And then finally, would you just say, God, would you bring people into my life to run this race with? Would you give me friendships? Would you give me people that will challenge and encourage me, people that I can be life-giving to? God, may we have people to run together with. Help us to find people to link arms. Thank you, God, that you're the faithful one who gives us people who love us and show and display your goodness to us. God, I thank you for this moment. I thank you for this time together. Lord, may we remain in you. Jesus, we say you are the true vine. We recognize we're branches and we want to remain connected to you. Show us your goodness. Thank you, God. We love you. We thank you for this time this morning. Would you bless even now Would you bless our fellowship together? Would you bless our friendship and getting to know each other? Would you open up new opportunities to connect with people and new relationships and friendships? Even as we've prayed for people to walk with us, God, would you continue to anchor down the people that you're bringing here? Help us to love this city well, I ask God. Would you make us a a beacon of light to Franklin and the greater Middle Tennessee area? We want to lead faithfully in your truth, we ask. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.